First Thessalonians chapter number 2. I was burdened this week, made some notes in my Bible as I was reading about this subject matter of the gospel, and I've simply entitled this afternoon, Trusted with the Gospel. I want to start reading in 1 Thessalonians 2, starting in verse number 1. The Bible says, For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that, we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, with tri- which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So, being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. I was burdened this week as I looked at this passage of Scripture, and this was me personally looking at it, where he said in verse number 4 that we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. Let me ask you something, and just so that you can wrap your heart and your mind around the terminology that is being used here, and I'm not going to ask because we do have the legacy-wise and the estate planning documents that's coming up, but how many have ever heard of putting something in trust? Now, what's the purpose of putting something in trust. Now listen, I did not, and and Miss Crystal and I have this set up, and I would encourage you, by the way, and I want a couple to be able to give testimony maybe over the next week or two about this that's coming up, that if you do not have these documents set up, this is a workshop to be able to come in, be able to get those documents taken care of. And so a Christian man that is running that makes this available pay what you are able to be able to pay to be able to get these done. But when you put something in trust, I'll I'll make mention of it this way. When Miss Crystal and I were able to set this up, it's not something that I listed my cell phone for and put it in the trust. Why? Not worried about that. We take things that are of utmost importance whether it be life insurance policies or maybe your car, maybe your, your house and your properties, and you, you put these things into trust so that you know that they are protected, taken care of, and that they will be used properly according 
to your desires and wishes. Is that correct? The Bible says here that we have been allowed of God. Now think about this. You say, well, God allowed me to do it. Yes, let me remind us of this. It is his gospel that we're speaking of here. It is his gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. But we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. Do you understand that God has entrusted us, taken the message that can change the destiny of every soul upon the face of the earth and entrusted us with that. Why? Number one, to keep it protected, we need the purity of the gospel. We don't need to add anything to it. We don't need to take anything away from it. We don't need to say, hey, this is, this is easy enough, but, but we need to add these works to it. Listen, when the gospel is given, God completed that. We take the message. We need to keep it pure. Don't add anything to the gospel. Don't take anything away from the gospel. Don't put anything there and give it to someone that God didn't put there. But make sure that we tell them all that God gave to us. We've been entrusted with it. But then we've also been given the gospel to make sure that it's used how God purposed for it to be used. And he entrusted us with it. Do you understand? It's the gospel. We're going to get into the scriptures here in just a second. It's the gospel that will change lives. But yet the gospel is not good news if it doesn't make it to someone in time. There's been some that I've heard these testimonies that they get saved and they hear the gospel and they apply the gospel to their heart and life. In other words, they believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, but then they realize about their loved ones that have gone on before them. And then their heart breaks. You know why? Because they realize they didn't hear this that I know of. I'm not going to judge their spirit, judge their soul on where they're at today, but if they didn't hear this, then the reality settles in. Someone didn't do what they were supposed to do when they were entrusted with the gospel. And we look at this subject matter, and I want to bring it because I understand that the letter to the Thessalonians was written in the first century, and Paul is saying, we've been in, put in trust with the gospel, but then now it's 2023, and can I say this message of the gospel has been handed down for 21 centuries now to now where we have it. And can I ask it this way, and I told you this morning, I'm preaching as plain as I possibly can because I knew where I was going with the gospel, not just this morning, but this afternoon. But how many here, yes, no heads bowed, no eyes closed, Everybody looking around. How many here have believed the gospel in their heart and life? You've believed the gospel. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I've believed the gospel. Can I say this? Since I believe the gospel, I have been put in trust of the gospel. That means the Lord has seen fit 
to be able to entrust me personally, this is how personally I'm taking this, that the message of what Christ did, that will change the eternal destination of the world that's around us. God has entrusted those of us, me personally, you personally, that have believed the gospel with that message for the generation that we're living in. Has that ever dawned on you that you've been put in trust of the gospel? He's entrusted it to you. So let me ask you something. What are we doing with it? So first of all, I believe that Paul goes into a few things here, and he talks about the explanation of the gospel. Now, here's where I want to make it very clear, and I believe that Paul was a very cut, clear, precise preacher of the gospel. It was, this is what Christ has done. This is where you're at. It was, uh, it, Paul probably gave it a whole lot clearer than what I was able to this morning. But I'm thankful for this. We both depend upon the same person to make it real in a person's heart. And that's the Holy Spirit of God. But the explanation of the gospel, here's what Paul said. Starting in verse number five, he says, For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, listen to this, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. Now, when he says this, he said, when we came in, he said it in another way to the Corinthian church. He said, we didn't come in with, with great words of, of wisdom and exalting ourselves with this, but the explanation of the gospel is simple. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Now, how glamorous can you make that? This is what Christ did. Now, it's not glamorous to Christ on what he went through. It's glamorous to us for what he accomplished with the gospel. But he said, we're not coming in. Can I say it this way? We're not coming in trying to trick you to believe the gospel. We're not using flattering words. We're not trying to flower it up. Listen, here's the simplicity of the gospel. Every one of us are found to be sinners before an almighty God. Every one of us are in need of someone to be able to pay for our sin debt because we can't pay for it on our own. And Jesus was willing to pay that price. And the explanation of the gospel, listen, this world needs to know that there is a Savior that paid for their sin problem. That's what we need to tell them. That's how we need to explain. Well, pastor, you're just not going to get people. You'll, you'll get more people. Listen, you get more flies with honey. I'm going to preach at God's love. I'm going to, and he loves us so much, he paid the price for salvation. That's how much he loves us and gives us the choice. Hey, are you going to believe it or are you going to reject it? And we understand the explanation of the gospel is not to come in. He said this too, not a cloak of covetousness. Do you understand that Paul's not coming in and preaching the gospel under the umbrella of, listen, I'm just doing this to be able to get something from you. Do you know the majority of people that I've been able to give the gospel to in my life are people that very possibly, listen, they're not millionaires. 
I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to give them something that I know, hey, they're going to turn around and write me a check for a million dollars because I gave them the gospel. Paul's not worried about coming in and saying, this is a cloak of covetous. No, he's coming in preaching Jesus. You say, Pastor, what message is going to make a difference? The explaining of the gospel. You know what's going to make a difference in someone's life? Jesus. The explanation of it. Listen, we've been entrusted with it. How many would you, of you would be able to sit back and, if you need to, write it down out of conviction that God would remind you of this? When's the last time you explain the gospel to someone because it's been put in your trust? You've been entrusted with that. Well, that's, that's just not me. Well, that's not... No, it's what we've been commanded to do, though. It's what the Lord has said to us and understanding that this has been put in my trust. I'm responsible for it. I'm responsible to make sure that someone else hears what God has done in my life and to be able to tell them how good the Lord Jesus has been. Hey, do you understand the whole purpose of why some were sitting down at NHTI on Thursday? You say, well, we ought to just be disconnected from those places. Can I say this? Especially after what we found out today, and some of you men stood there and talked to these couple young men, there's already a light that's burning down on NHTI. I asked them today, and they made mention of, of sometimes we, we get down. And I, then I remembered I was talking to college students. I said, hey, what time do you do that? And I, I put my foot in my mouth, didn't I? I said, I, I'm there. I said, what time do you do that? I said, man, I'd love to sit there and, and, and study the Bible with you. I said, be, able to be in this discussion. He said, oh, sometimes it's till like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I said, I'm in. I said, let me know when you're doing it. I said, I'm there. I said, there's already some that are gathered. And I said, listen, I said, we want to be able to come alongside. I said, man, we want to be able to, I want, I want to, be able to fan this flame. I want, I want that light to be able to shine brighter. You say, oh, no, that's not happening. How many have heard of places, and I'm not talking about false religion and, and, and false revivals taking place and things like this. How many have heard of some things taking place on some college campuses across our country over the past year or two? You know what it started with? A little light that was there, and someone said, I'm going to explain the gospel. Oh, no, let's, let's leave those educational institutions. Let's leave them alone. You know how wicked they are. They become wicked because they don't have Jesus. They don't have that light that's there. And if God would allow us to listen, every person we come in contact with is a potential for us to be able to explain the gospel that we have been put in trust with. I am not of those that believe that we don't have to do anything with the gospel that we've been entrusted with because God's just going to reveal it to them and I don't have to do anything. The Bible is full of our responsibility of what we're to do with the gospel. We've been told to go. With what? The gospel. That's what we're supposed to go with, the explanation of the gospel. I also see in here, and there's, there's several things. I'm not going to get into all of it this afternoon. I, I do promise you that. But I do say th see this. I see the exalting of the gospel. 
the exalting of the gospel. You say, what do you mean? I see that when Paul walked into a place, he said, what did we come to preach? The gospel. What's going to make a difference? Why do we, and I don't, I don't mean just keep coming back to it and keep reminding Miss Julie that her husband's not here. <laughs> Why do we have a team over in Kenya? And I'm, I'm so jealous. Yes, they get to preach. Yes, they get to teach. They're on a radio station. A radio station that, that broadcasts with the potential of 3 million people to be able to listen. And they're able to get on that radio ministry and be able to give the gospel out there over the airwaves. You never know who's going to listen to that. Why do we have a team over there? And when I say I'm jealous, listen, that means because the last day as they're driving back to Nairobi to get ready to be able to fly out, they're riding it down there because they're going to a safari to be able to see all the animals. They had to go on a safari before they get on a plane and be able to see all these things. Why are they over there? Are they over there sightseeing? Are they over there just enjoying? Yeah, they're having the time of their life. But why? Why go through all of that? The exalting of the gospel. Well, why don't we go over there and just find out what, what shoe size they are? And I can put a pair of shoes on their feet. Listen, I'm not flying 8,000 miles to see what shoe size they are. If I happen to find that out, then fine. But I'm telling them about Jesus, first of all, while I'm there. I took a pastor with me one time. He flew with me and then went off on his own trip inside a country, met back up with me, and flew back to the state so I could help him in and out of the country. So we parted our ways outside the airport. He went and did his thing. I went and did my thing with the team that I had. We met back up after 10 days. We're getting ready to get on an airplane. I said, man, what all did you get accomplished? Man, he started telling me. I said, were you able to see anybody say? No, we didn't preach to one lost person. while we're I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Of all the places, we were in Ghana, West Africa. It, it literally, you can drive down the road. My family and I have done this. You can drive down the road in a bus and throw John and Romans out the window to people and they'll catch it because they want a copy of the word of God. It, it, it's that easy to be able to get the gospel into their hands. And I'm thinking, you didn't do any of that? And I'm thinking, we got to preach here, we got to preach here. These souls say we were with this church and went into this prison, went into this school, and on and on. And I'm thinking, why would you go all that way and not exalt the gospel of the Lord Jesus? I'm saying, Lord, now listen, I've, I've been part, and we've had, we've had people that have gone on medical trips, and, and listen, I'm all for it. You know what they did? They were in there seeing people. You know what all the volunteers are doing outside while they're waiting and, and all these patients are getting ready to be seen by the doctor? Their volunteers are out there giving them the gospel and talking to them before they go in to be able to see the doctor, be able to see the surgeon, or be able to see the nurse, or be able to get whatever medication. Listen, the exalting of the gospel. Then I want you to see this, and this is probably where I'll, I'll, I'll end it for this morning, this afternoon. I want you to see the energy we put into the gospel. He said this in verse number 8. He said, So being affectionately desirous of you, 
we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. And I looked at this, and I thought the energy that the Apostle Paul... How how many believe the Apostle Paul was not a lazy man? How many would like to try to keep up with the Apostle Paul? I don't think I would want to. Being left for dead and stoned outside the city? Paul, thanks, man. No, that's not how it was. We know Can you imagine trying to keep up with the Apostle Paul? Can you imagine standing there when they just left Paul for dead because they stoned him outside the city and all of a sudden he gets up and shakes it off? Hey, yeah, so, so, so Paul, we, we're heading this way, aren't we? No, I'm going back in to preach. That's what he did. Walked right back in the same place, started preaching the gospel. I believe that everything about the Apostle Paul, that he lived, he ate, he drank, he slept, everything was about the gospel. Everything. And when it came to it, he said, listen, we're not just imparting the gospel, but look at the depth of the care and concern that Paul had. He said, I am pouring my soul into you. And I thought, when's the last time that that was deep enough inside of us that, listen, we are pouring everything we've got? I was challenged this week. This message wasn't preached down there in Tennessee where I was there, but they preached another one close by. And I'll just be honest with you, what preachers do, we get excited about that message that's being preached. And then I read another verse and God starts working on my heart on that message. So I sat down, I started, well, he was preaching, and I would get on you about doing that and writing notes in church, wouldn't I? But during the middle of all that, God's speaking to my heart about this whole subject matter of the gospel, and I'm saying, Lord, we have a limited window of opportunity that God has given to us. Inflatables are wonderful. Apple presses are wonderful, but not one cup of that apple cider that we pressed out, Charlie, saved anybody's soul yesterday. But I I, I will tell you what it did is the testimonies we just heard and from those that were around. Listen, they heard the gospel. We just heard this testimony over here. Melissa was able to give a testimony. I think it was this Melissa, right? Or who was, you said someone was there giving a testimony to someone that was sitting around there, how God saved them and how God changed your life. Hey, gospel was given. It wasn't a cup of cider that changed their life but you know something a cup of cider got them there for someone to be able to say hey i'm not just going to pour the gospel into you i'm going to pour my soul into how many have found out that it's more than just sitting down with someone and taking about five minutes and saying hey let me tell you what jesus did but over and over and over it just feels like you are pouring literally your life into them for someone to know about Jesus. Most of the time, and and you've heard the statement for years, I've heard it for years, someone doesn't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And you are pouring your life into them. And Paul said this, he said, everything about us. And I thought, you know, we we have a a generation that's looking to go into ministry. I'm praying God will raise up a generation. I want to start looking for their souls being poured into people. 
And if that's not there, I'm saying God help them and convict their hearts if they're not willing to pour their souls into people. And I thought, Lord, the world that's around us, we have been put in trust with the gospel. You say, Pastor, I just haven't heard things like this before. Listen, this world, this community needs Jesus. They need Jesus. What's going to change a life? Jesus is. Is it going to be? Now, I'm all for it. Listen, pedal down when it comes to a new building. We need it. I'm th- I can't wait till we have Sunday school classes that I'm not trying to yell over the Donahoe's over in the corner. <laughs> and that my class is looking at their class saying, they're having more fun over there than we are here. <laughs> and then we both have to look in there and there's two dozen donuts in the next class. And I'm thinking, I'm thankful for all of that coming. But listen, I've been so burdened this week where Paul said, we've been put in trust with the gospel. Now let me ask you this. How good of a trustee are you? Do you know at one point, and we've had to rescind all of this now, but you'll understand why in just a moment. At one point, my wife and I had to make a decision. If something happened to us, we were both getting on airplanes, we were both flying into countries, we were both doing the work, we were both... If something happened to us, who could we trust with our kids? Now, I'm not worried about that today. They're on their own. (laughs) They'll be fine. They'll they'll be fine. Listen, but there was a time. You know why? Because someone would have to watch over them. Someone would have to protect them. Someone would have to raise them up. And I wanted it the same way that we would. Hey, we didn't just hand it to family. We didn't just, how many of you found out that there can be family members don't believe the same way you believe? And I don't want them raising my kids if they're not believing the same way that I'm believing, not going to the church that I'm going to and and being able. So we had to sit down. We had to look at it, and we had to say, okay, who can we put in trust for our children? And the multimillion-dollar estate (laughs) that we had in our names that they would be able to take care of, no, no. Who could we trust them with? And do you understand this? That And, and we, we called them. We talked to them. Everybody's wondering who it is now. They're not here today. Don't worry, they never were here. They've been here, but they're not here today. Don't worry, they've never been part of Granite State Baptist Church or anything like this. And we had that settled years ago. And we had to call them and say, listen, would you be willing if something were to happen to us? And you say, Pastor, I can't believe you'd think like that. I'll just go ahead and say this. If you, if you love your kids and love... Time out. You want an advertisement right here? Do you know in New Hampshire, your minor kids, okay, if nothing is set up for them, the state can step in very easily and they'll decide where your kids go. That's the law here in the state of New Hampshire. And we called them and said, listen, if something were to happen to us, 
would you take care of our kids? Parents, let me ask you this. What's the most prized possession that you have? It's your kids. What's the one thing you'll, you'll give everything for? You'll sacrifice for them. You'll love them. You'll, it's your kids. Think about Christ. God, what, what's the most precious thing you have? My son, my only begotten son. And he came to this earth, he died, was buried, and rose again. And the message and belief of what Christ did will change this world. And he looks at us and says, I believe in you so much that I'm going to trust you with this message. Do you understand that God believes in me so much that I'm going to be obedient with the gospel that he, he put me in trust of it? I am a trustee of the gospel. And if you're saved today and you believe the gospel, you're a trustee of the gospel. What have you done with it? Are we just burying the treasure? Or are we taking it and getting the message out there and seeing it double and seeing it triple and quadruple and just on and on? What are we doing with the gospel? We've been entrusted with it. I'm a trustee of the gospel. What are we doing? Are we exalting it? Are we burying it? Are we putting energy into it? I was put in charge of an estate. I was, I was asked, not put. I was asked to be in charge of an estate. There was a lady down in Florida getting ready to pass away. and She didn't pass away for about a year or so. She said, well, I want everything I have to go towards the Lord. And she said, I've been in some meetings. You've preached. And well, we saw the hand of God. And she said, I, I want you to take care of it. Would you be willing to do it? Would you contact this lawyer? prayed over it and I said I'll take care of that and uh, got, got everything in place took care of it boy the energy that went into that you ever been an executor of an estate the energy if you had to take care of things God put us in trust of his gospel I just wonder the energy that we're putting into it be able to change this world that's around us may God help us well the message will get out by itself all I have to do is live the gospel. I think you ought to live it. But when he said we're supposed to preach the gospel, that's more than just living. I'm asking the Lord to be able to help us and say, Lord, am I being the right trustee of the gospel that you've entrusted to me? If not, then let's do right by the gospel. Let's get it right. Let's, let's find someone this week that the Lord will allow us to be able to tell, hey, you know what Jesus did for you? Let's tell everybody we know about the gospel of Christ. And I, I recommitted to the Lord this week. I was down at that meeting, and I recommitted to the Lord this week. I said, Lord, my life is going to be about the gospel. And I may have more. I may have opportunities to be able to preach. I'll, I'll preach. I'll, I'll be here for our Tuesday night devotion. Don't worry. And fly out Wednesday, preach Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, come back Saturday, preach Sunday. I said, Lord, I will preach and stir up everywhere I go if you allow me to, and I'll, I'll stir up for the gospel. And I'll stir up for the gospel. That's what God's put on my heart. And Lord, I'm going to pour into it and, 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 and recommitted my life this week and said, Lord, you've entrusted me with the gospel. 
and I'm going to make sure I'm doing right by the gospel.